everybody welcome back to the upside swings draft podcast the podcast with the highest ceiling i'm joined as always by stone hansen and joined by a very special guest friend of the program uh cooper cooper rockets uh coop how you doing i'm doing great today how are you guys doing good i'm we're i'm this is this is the team i've been most excited to talk about bar none um because of sort of the craziness going on with uh draft twitter and that second pick right now um Stone, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, I've been looking forward to this podcast for a while. Um, the Rockets got a lot of fun picks, possibly, so I'm excited to dig into them. Absolutely. Uh, so the Rockets, of course, um, had kind of an interesting year where they held on to James Harden for the first, I want to say, 15 or 20 games and then traded him uh, well before the deadline. Ended up getting Kevin Porter Jr. for a fake second-round pick who – looks all the parts of a future all-star. Um, you know, they have Christian Wood and they have a ton of interesting sort of second round kind of bets on the roster. They have a scouting department full of draft Twitter veterans. Uh, they're just a really interesting, awesome team. And they got blessed by the lottery gods to get that second overall pick. They have the 23rd and 24th pick. Uh, just, just a lot uh, to go around here. Uh, but first things first, we're going to talk about that top pick. Uh, there's been a lot of conversation on draft Twitter about Evan Mobley and Jalen Green. Uh, in the mainstream, there's quite a bit more talk about Jalen Suggs. So, Cooper, who do you want the Rockets to take there and why? Uh, well, I'm 100% on team take Mobley. He's the best pick available. I actually think he's a better fit, which most people seem to not think. Think him and Wood fit really, really well together. And I think his upside is higher than Green. He's more of a game changer. He adds so much more on the defensive end that I think he's pretty obviously the guy <laughs> go with the second pick. So even... Yeah, definitely. I, I actually tweeted this out earlier this morning um, talking about how I think Mobley is like, he is the better fit, which again, I think a lot of people seem to think they'd would prioritize a guard, but Mobley and Wood, I mean, as far as bigs go, like I can't think of a much better fit. Uh, Mobley fits with a lot of bigs just because of um, his mobility. Uh, he can obviously space the floor a bit, so can Wood. Um, he can anchor their defense, which I don't think Wood, um, not that he's not uh, capable, but I, I think you'd much rather have Mobley doing that than Wood. Um, and then uh, just his processing speed as, as a big, uh, being able to pass and, and see things um, before they actually happen is, is something that is really valuable. Um, and putting those two together, I, I don't really see them at being like a clunky fit. They're both big guys, obviously, but uh, their, their games aren't necessarily, um, they're, they're both compatible with each other, I would say. So um, I, I don't really get that argument. Uh, and then even besides that, I mean, Mobley is just the clear number two to me. Like in most drafts, I think I would take Evan Mobley number one over a lot of people. Cade just happens to be that good. Um, but he, he checks both the boxes for me. So I don't really see an argument for anybody else, in my opinion. I think the fit is something that's really underrated, having two bigs that can – I mean, Wood can move his feet 
not he's not like a great mover for like in general, but for a big, he can move his feet pretty well on the perimeter. And he's also, if he was, <laughs> every single Rockets fan says this, but if he could put on a little bit more muscle, you know, <laughs> he'd be a great rim protector. And he's he's got pretty good blocks numbers. He's not great at <laughs> the deterring people at the rim part yet, but he's long, he's athletic, kind of under, I, I'd say he's slightly underrated as a rim protector. And he can do enough of the other stuff to not be a negative, especially at his size. And then having Mobley, who is a plus, plus, plus defender, while they can both fit together on offense, like it's it's a no-brainer. Exactly. Yeah. And I would agree. I've been saying for a while, and I kind of have, I don't want to say predicted this to happen, but I always thought there was a chance that like draft Twitter has sort of had Evan Mobley as the clear number two for a long time. But yeah. the mainstream kind of has it. Uh, Jalen Suggs has been number two on a lot of boards. And I've always been just been saying, like, Evan Mobley is so underrated. He's the best defensive prospect since Anthony Davis. Um, like, I, I did some research looking back on past drafts. It's really it's really not particularly close. Um, like, he, he has elite flexibility, elite timing. Um, a great vertical, a super long wingspan. I mean, everything you could want in a drop big, in a switch big, in a hedge big. I mean, there's nothing he can't do defensively. Uh, and that's not to mention the fact that he's an incredible offensive prospect as well. Uh, he's a little skinny still, but his feel for post game is, is incredible. His passing is really impressive. I struggle to think he won't shoot at least – solid on spot ups and, and pick and pops it's just I mean there's so much to like there that even if fit was the argument which I agree with you guys I think he's a better fit mainly because of the extreme overlap between Green and Kevin Porter Jr but even without that like Evan Mobley to me is so much better than Jalen Green that it hardly it hardly justifies yeah. Green over Mobley um, and that's not to say I don't like Jalen Green because I do he is number three on my board uh probably the highest ceiling scorer in this class but when you're someone who who is just a scorer and not that he can't do a little more but in the end his money will be made his bread will be buttered as a scorer on ball off ball that isn't going to reach the level of impact that someone like a Mobley can who he could legitimately be like a offensive hub and a defensive player of the year caliber defender I mean, that's like unheard of aside from, you know, Mark Gasol. But even then, he wasn't the type of offensive hub Mobley can be. Um, so it's just, I'm with you guys both 100% uh, that Mobley should go number two. Uh, I understand and like Jalen Green. I don't understand Jalen Suggs too. But um, Mobley to me is, is two in this draft. He would be one in most drafts. Um, and I And I think that the Rockets would be making a mistake if they passed on it. I think, too, the, the only other point I'll make before we move on here would be that, um, like, you're not really filling either hole by taking either of the Jalen's, in my opinion. Like, I think Kevin Porter Jr. can be the facilitator that people might think Jalen Suggs would be if, if he were to go to Houston. Uh, and he can be the scorer that people might think that Jalen Green could be if he were to go to Houston. Uh, I mean, maybe not quite to the levels of those guys, but I think he could still fill those roles for them. Whereas 
Uh, they, I don't think they really have anybody that can do what Evan Mobley does. Um, so that would probably just be my final point there. Yeah, uh, we can absolutely turn this into a Kevin Porter Jr. Uh, propaganda podcast <laughs> if we need to, um, but uh, we will we will try and avoid that. But he's from Seattle, so he's he's very near and dear to my heart. Um, but they have two other picks we need to hit on, and the the post lottery part of this draft, even part of the lottery, like twelve to like forty five in this draft, is absolutely fascinating. It's absolutely all the way up in the air. So Cooper, I'm going to throw it back to you. Who are some guys? with that 23rd and, and 24th pick that you really like there that uh, you think would make a lot of sense in uh, Rockets Red? Uh, so the two Coop, you cut out. Just uh, your audio dropped. Uh, Are you good? Can you hear me still? Yep, I can hear yeah. you now. Okay, okay, my bad. You're good. Nope, uh, you're good. Was... Okay, so I think the, the two most obvious guys are the two guys that we've worked out, uh, Trey Mann and JT Thor. Uh, two of the more high upside guys at this stage in the draft who will probably still be available. Uh, I really like man's fit because he gives you a lot of the same, like in like a broad sense, like offensive things that you kind of expect Jalen Green to give you. He's not nearly as good. I, I would never say that. I love Jalen Green, but Gray man is a very skilled off the dribble shooter and sort of like as a passer, has great footwork and just a very complete offensive player. And I think if you're like, it just kind of goes to show that you can get high level offensive players. Like they come around pretty often, like maybe not at Jalen Green's level exactly, but you can get 80 to 90% of Jalen Green pretty often. Like there was Anthony Edwards just last year. When was the last time, like you were saying, there's never been an Evan Mobley. The last Evan Mobley was Anthony Davis. Why are you going to pass up the chance? You know, there are like four other guys who you can compare Jalen Green to in the league right now easily. I'm getting off topic. <laughs> You're good. You're good. We're all for it. off topic as you want. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Trey Mann, I think it's a great fit. And JT Thor out of Auburn, I think him playing with Kevin Porter Jr.'s passing and in the pick and roll, and especially within the, the Silas offense, I think as a cutter and as someone who's able to attack closeouts potentially, he's just a really, really interesting player. And I think he, he fits with Wood still because he can space the floor offensively. And hopefully he'll be able to develop into a really, really solid you know, defender in the paint. He's already a pretty strong guy, so you don't have to worry about these same, uh, you know, the same deficiencies quote unquote don't like saying it like that but you know like being a, a weaker guy uh so those are the two primary guys uh what do you guys think about those two uh yeah man um i, I think me and bryce both are super high on those two uh and if the rockets were to get a haul of evan mobley jt thor and trey man uh, I think they win the draft bar none outside of maybe the Pistons because uh, just by default, it's pretty hard to lose if you draft Cade. Um, but man, that, that is quite the haul. Uh, so I, I guess I'll start with JT Thor. We've talked about him uh, quite a bit on this pod, but um, his fit with, <laughs> I still think he fits really well if they were to draft Evan Robley 
and have Christian Wood because uh, those two guys already are super versatile. And then you throw in JT Thor, who um, at 6'10 is still like a three and D type guy. Um, like th- those three guys still really fit well because all three of them can space the floor. All three of them can defend multiple positions. Like uh, and Mobley uh, and Wood even are pretty solid passers, uh, especially Mobley. Uh, maybe not Thor at this point, but he, he wouldn't really need to be, especially with Kevin Porter Jr. still there. Uh, and then Trey Mann, who's, um, again, just a, a really solid scorer, um, someone who has probably the most pull-up gravity in this range. You're not going to find, I think, a whole lot of people in this range outside of him that, that can do what he does as a pull-up shooter. Um, yeah, man, that, that team is so fun. And I think immediately – the the Rockets just like jumpstart their their rebuild and progress it like three four steps ahead of where they were uh, just by attaining those guys in the draft. Um, so that would be a fantastic haul, I think, for them. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, you brought up something that that uh, I feel like I I overlook. Um, Steven Silas uh, really impressed me as a coach this year. Um, he handled the Harden thing like with a lot of grace. He kept the team motivated. Um, and his sets looked really good. He ran some fun, like Spain pick and roll action. He did a really good job kind of getting Christian Wood to his spots. Um, that's the type of guy who I think can really take advantage of the toolsy, the toolsy athlete like JT Thor. He's going to really be able to help JT Thor get to a spot, get to where he needs to be to succeed. And if you need proof of that, watch Kevin uh, Kenyon Martin Jr.'s minutes this year. Um, Kenyon Martin Jr. was not a great shooter. Uh, good athlete and uh, uh, Steven Silas was able to get him to spots to really take advantage of what he could bring offensively and then really take advantage of his defensive prowess as a sort of help side rim protector. Um, I mean, JT Thor is, is sort of like a supercharged Kenyon Martin Jr., right? So if Kenyon Martin Jr. was the fastest lateral athlete, like, you know, like Pascal Siakam level lateral quickness and like with a potential to shoot, I mean, JT Thor, yeah, I mean, I'm with Stone 100%. Like, that hall right there is uh, is immaculate. That is the dream hall. Um, but in case, you know, in case you can't get those two guys, uh, who are some other names you think, Cooper, that make some sense here? Yes, my biggest guys outside of those two are Jaden Springer, obviously, if he slips that far. Uh, Roko Prakachin, I'm a huge Roko fan. Uh, I'm going to go really on brand here with Deuce McBride. I am I am a huge, huge fan of Deuce McBride and how he could fit with both within the offense and with Kevin Porter Jr. and his potential. I think that's really slept on. Those are really like the three big guys that I really love to see us target if we can't get man and Thor there. Yeah, uh, I honestly feel like you, you might have just copied my board, Cooper. Uh, no, but uh, yeah, I mean, Rocco is is the perfect player for a team like this because um, he already has some experience with adults. You can automatically give him the ball and he'll get you some buckets. He'll make some interesting passes. But then he's also someone who I can see really growing into a professional scorer and a good defender. Um, yeah, that's – and then do – I mean, Deuce would be – that would be a really like beefy defensive backcourt with Kevin Porter Jr. and Deuce McBride. Those are two like, like Jim Hounds, you know, those are two guys who yeah. you can tell do a lot of lifting and uh, uh, that would be fun. 
Um, and then Jaden Springer as well fits that mold. He's just uh, Jaden Springer is someone who I have highly ranked. And if he falls here, that would be a, uh, that would be a mistake for, for the other teams picking in front of here because he just such a good, such a good defender. One of the younger players in the draft, projectable shooter, projectable score in the pick and roll. You know, he has some deficiencies in his game, but that package at 22 or 23 is just, I mean, that's pretty unbeatable there as well, but he's, he's definitely been mocked in this area. So, you know, if that, if that's the mistake other teams are going to make, Houston will capitalize. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm I'm probably not as high on Roku Roku as uh, as you two, um, but uh, I think he makes a lot of sense in Houston. Uh, just what his skill set is, um, and, and again, assuming they they take Mobley, um, I think his fit in that front court just makes a whole lot of sense, uh, and and really throws in just even more athleticism in there. Um, and then taking Deuce here, I, I'm a huge Deuce fan as well. Um, and it's the perfect role, I think, playing alongside Kevin Porter Jr. in the backcourt too, because I think it can rely, rely upon Kevin Porter Jr. to be that, that primary ball handler and facilitator. Uh, not that Deuce can't do that, but I think Kevin Porter Jr. is just much better at it. Um, and then I think Deuce can excel a lot in an off-ball type role. Um, and offensively, I don't really see any holes with, with uh, Deuce. Like he, he just seems like a really solid bet to be a good offensive player that there's not a whole lot there uh that, that uh, that's any concern for me um and then defensively too he, he's known as a two-way guard so um being able to defend uh probably most guards um may, may, might struggle against bigger guys but um i think that just makes a lot of sense there um and then Jaden springer as well as uh he fits their timeline because I think he's out of these three might be who needs uh, the, the most time to develop a little bit. Um, but obviously the Rockets are one of the teams that, that has time to allow that um, and let him play through his mistakes. Um, and again, makes a lot of sense with um, Kevin Porter Jr. already there in the backcourt. So I, I like all three of those picks actually and how they would fit uh, in Houston. Yeah, absolutely. Um you know, we've talked a lot about good fits here, people we like. Uh, Cooper, who are some guys uh, who, who would be a real, like, disaster uh, that you think the, the Rockets could take here? Guys who have been mocked in this range who you think either are really bad fits or, or just, you know, really don't make sense for this team. Uh, who, who are some of those guys for you? Uh, well, I don't think other than, like, Chris Duarte or somebody who's, like, a lot older – or like even like guys that I like, who if we were to pick them here, like imagine we blew twenty three on Scotty Lewis or something. Like I'd be, you know, like overdrafting. I think is one of the few ways this could be a disappointment. I have a lot of trust that in the in the, in the front office in general, both the you know the, the draft side and the coaching staff to really work together. And this is one of the first times I can ever really say that as a Rockets fan uh front office you know especially when it comes to the came to the draft before the the stone administration took over you know was not the best drafting front office and so i mean like Dorte, he's just very old and i think some people would be like oh you know he's old you need some veterans and it's like i just want some high upside guys 
it could really be something. Like it's been shown, like the picking up Jay Sean Tate as a, as a free agent and a trading for guys like DJ Augustine. I think we have a lot of leadership on this roster. I don't know if you need to go and trade for these guys who have leadership as, and, you know, age as something like that. And that could even apply to a guy like Jared Butler, even though I really like him. Uh, just not a hundred percent sold on the, the upside. You know, I just would prefer them to use this on younger guys that can really develop along with the rest of the core. So. Yeah. The, the Rockets are in a position, I think, to really do that too. Um, they can take some swings and they can afford to miss a little bit. Um, and you might as well if you're the Rockets. I mean, you have uh, pretty two good building blocks to, to build around with Kevin Porter Jr. and Wood. Um, so, you know, and they have three picks, and one of them is going to be pretty safe with Evan Mobley. Uh, so, I mean, those other two picks, you might as well take some swings. Um, yeah, and I, I agree, like taking a maybe a Davion Mitchell even would be a, a little bit of a mistake here, I think. Uh, just pick up six. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, if you were to fall in any sort of scenario, um, and which leads me sort of to my next question would be, um, is there any scenario in which you think either packaging, maybe those two later picks, um, even number two, uh, any of those picks in any sort of um, combination to move either up, down, uh, or even maybe out of this draft? Would any of that make sense to you? Uh, so start with like the 23 to 24 trades i think that packaging those two to move up and then buying back into the second round kind of makes sense especially if there's someone that you really like there but trading up to like the 14 to 16 14 to bet on the high end you know overestimating there but like that you know, middle teens range and seeing if you could get if somebody my dream guy is moses moody i don't think he'd fall that far but even like a Zaire Williams is somebody else who I would really love to see on this roster and see develop, uh, you know, with the rest of the young core. Or if we were able to pick up uh, Franz Wagner, if we could trade up into that spot. I think people really, with young wings, like even though Wagner's a sophomore, he's a young, young sophomore. And with young wings who are good right now, people tend to just go, you're a three and D wing. That's all you're going to do. And then they come into the league and it's like, what? This guy's good and he's getting better at basketball, even though he's young. Like people tend to really underestimate how much of a factor age is in someone's development curve. And it, yeah. that's a big reason why I like Bobby. Yeah, absolutely. And, and also just, uh, you know, we just did a podcast with Mark Schindler. It's going to be dropping the day before this one. Um, and he said, like, his draft philosophy is that draft wings who do shit. And there's yeah. there's definitely some, like, there's definitely some sense to that. You know, uh, I, I think I'm lower on Franz than some. But, I you know, if you could package these two picks to get Franz, I think that is a perfectly, that's a perfectly fine move, especially if you don't think, you know, one of those two or both those two guys you mentioned are going to be there. Um, even if you had to trade up to get one of those two, like, you know, if you had to trade up, say you would know Trey, Trey Mann is going to get past 16 or whatever, and you could package those two picks to move up to 15. Um, I think the Rockets are in a place where they could have three first-round rookies on their roster, but I also get if you only want two. You know, there's there's something to be said for that. You 
you have some interesting guys from last year who you're trying to develop. Uh, and then you bring in two rookies, one of which is, you know, supposed to be the franchise, right? Whoever they draft the second pick and an elite top four or five like this, uh, it's even if it's not the guy who we think they should draft, it's someone who they think is going to be the franchise for the next decade. Um, so if you don't want to bring in two other guys behind him and there's just another guy who you think is a really good fit there, uh, that makes some sense. Uh, you know, I would say trading out would be, uh, would not make any sense, but I, I also, I think, Rafael Stone has done enough that I that I trust him to make the right decisions here. Um, I mean, just like like you mentioned, like finding some of the guys he found in last year's draft and, and uh, in free agency. Um, uh, Jay Sean Tate was playing in Australia and, and kind of had some NBA buzz, but this is not like like you know there are a ton of teams who were really looking to sign Jay Sean Tate. It's just he he saw talent and he picked up on it and. He was one of the better defensive, you know, forward wings in the league this year, and and he looks to continue to be that. Um, I trust Stone and this scouting department too, to make some really intelligent moves here. Um, and, and if that involves trading up or you know buying a couple second round picks, I think it could go either way. So. Yeah, um, I mean, anybody that has Stone in their name is obviously pretty smart. Um, <laughs> They know the draft is what you're saying. Uh, essentially, yeah. yeah. Um, and I think he proved that by uh, by hiring the the scouts that he just did with um, Colswicker and and all those guys. Um, I mean, they, they really beefed up their scouting department, which uh, is probably not going to get talked a whole lot about. Um, but I, I think it's something worth noting because those guys are pretty smart. Well, and and uh, we're happy to see draft Twitter graduate. It uh, brings a tear to my eye. Um, yeah, so uh, who are, who are some other guys uh, maybe that, that might go undrafted or you mentioned buying into the second round? You mentioned Scotty Lewis earlier. Um, who are some guys like that, Cooper, that, that you really think would be fun to see on the Rockets next year? Uh, well, second round, uh, I'm a big fan of Scotty Lewis, as you said, just a stocks machine. Not 100% sure what he does on the offensive end of his size, but I'd rather take a swing on someone – to kind of prove them that they're a defensive monster and with a wingspan like his. Uh, and then in the same kind of vein, Herb Jones, the other stocks machine in this draft, uh, just a big, I think he's at his size, he really has the potential to be a game changing defender. He's got an extra three inches on him that attends by you. And then someone who I was really upset when you guys talked down on him, Joel Iyayi. Um, <laughs> I, I think I didn't disagree with your takes on his skills other than I think he is a, a really under, like I think his cutting is really valuable in a motion offense, especially within the Silas offense where you saw Kelly Olenek look like an offensive all-star for, you know, 20, 30 games. But I think that his big thing to me is that he doesn't have any significant weaknesses and that's almost a strength in itself. Like, just, and I think, I think he's a good basketball player. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's, oh, go ahead, Stone. I, I was just going to agree that I think, um, if I remember correctly, at least on the podcast uh, where we did talk about AI, I, I think I mentioned that I, I do buy him as like a pretty safe bet to be an NBA player. Um, and I think Bryce's point, which I, I ended up in the, 
by the end of it sort of agreeing with was that he is an NBA player, but there's just probably other swings that, uh, or at least for me, that I would rather take over Ayayi, who's who's safe, who has a floor, uh, but maybe doesn't have quite the upside that some of these other later second round guys might. Um, but yeah, I mean, your point is valid. If if it's an NBA player that you're pretty confident about, I, I do think at some point that it's worth taking in the second round. Yeah, and, and you know, AI is the type of player who succeeds more in an offense like the Rockets than, you know, like he's been mentioned like as someone who like the Lakers could be interested in. I think the Lakers are far too static for him. He needs to play in a motion offense. And I think in a motion offense, he could succeed more. And kind of what I was getting at when I when I was talking about him um, is that he's just very context dependent. And I just tend to be on principle lower on context dependent players. But if I was making a rocket specific board, he would probably be higher than he is on my on my normal board. So he, he definitely makes some sense here. And it's just you run. They just run a really fun offense. And I'm so excited for this, this draft because they're going to pick some fun yeah. players and they will absolutely be like number one league fast team next year, just like the Hornets oh, yeah. were this year, because that's just the type of offense they run, the type of team they are. So it's, uh, yeah. it's pretty exciting. Especially if healthy. That was, yeah. that was our big problem this year. Yeah. We played the most amount of different people on a roster, I think, to actually suit up in a game. Like 31. I don't have the exact <laughs> but it's, it was ridiculous. We yeah. had random guys coming out of Australia every other day. It, <laughs> it, was, it was a mess. Yeah. yeah that's but crazy. they still that, fought, you know? Yeah. That, they, that's the big Silas thing. Yeah. They were, they were a more fun team this year than they had any right to be. With as <laughs> bad as they were, like you mentioned, like Kelly Olynyk, like, like having like random 30-point games was just – just, I mean, absolutely hilarious, but also yeah. like awesome. And and seeing Kevin Porter Jr. succeed like makes me so happy. Um, for those who don't know, I don't know if I've talked about it on this podcast. Uh, I was, I think I was a freshman when Kevin Porter Jr. was doing his senior AAU runs, and I got to play against like the lower version of the teams he would play on. He's from Seattle. I'm from the Tri Cities, which is kind of like bicycle can, anyways. Uh, and I saw him like absolutely carved these dudes up and I was in love like he was one of the first high school basketball players I ever saw that I was like this dude is like a superstar he did this this one play where he like he like did like a double behind the back and then pushed it like through his legs kind of like Trey Young does with that with that scoop behind the back between the legs and then like two leg power jumped and threw it down on like this 7-1 kid and it was like incredible. I just, I will always love Kevin Porter Jr. for that. I, I love to watch him succeed. Um, and the Rockets are a perfect place for him because he literally, he like literally looks like mini James Harden out there. It is, it is like uncanny. Um, but uh, I'm very, I'm very happy to see him succeed. So uh, my Rockets bias is already, is already coming out. And uh, I'm, I'm not far away from just being a full on Rockets fan. Yeah. I, I watched a lot of Kevin Porter Jr. because he, he went to USC, which is like 20 minutes from my house. Um, so I, I was able to see him a lot. And he, he's such a fun player. Like the talent was so clear to me as a top five guy. And then I stupidly made the mistake of buying into some character concerns and dropped him a little bit on my board. Um, but 
but man, he he's the talent is just so undeniable. And pairing him with a guy like Evan Mobley, oh my gosh, it, it's it's every basketball fan's dream to see that sort of pairing. I think. Um, so if you're a Rockets fan, then congrats because you have the next uh, super fun dynamic duo in the league. Yeah, you're preaching to the choir here. I am Cooper <laughs> Porter Jr. on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, he's 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 forever my guy. Um, the Rockets are 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 soon to be my second team, and uh, a big part of that too. Uh, we're gonna I'm gonna toot your horn. Is, is Cooper himself? Uh, Cooper was one of the first like like uh, follows I had, and he's always supported the podcast and uh, just super flexible helping us i had a thing to do tonight and he moved he moved his schedule around to help us record this so cooper you are great uh this has been great um is there any other rockets rockets takes you or stone want to get out there for the people the one that i really need to get out there is uh just that i really think dejan Giroux should be an undrafted free agent that's my u of h bias a hundred percent, but I think he's great. You're, uh, I think you're a U of H fan too. I go to U of H. Oh no way! So Kelvin yeah. Sampson coached at WSU, and I go to WSU. So oh, I, I'm awesome. connected. <laughs> I'm connected to U of H, and and I'm a huge Trayvon Mark guy too. This is. Oh <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. I love, I love Trayvon Mark. That dude is going to be a stud. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, I you know we just talked about uh, Dejan Giroux with. Uh, with Zach Padmore on the pod that released today. And um, he, he agrees with you. He, and, and I, I'd be inclined, I'd be inclined to, to, I watched because of Zach, I watched some more Dejan Giroux tape and I kind of see it. He is probably the best player in this class at getting around screens, which is kind of like a sneaky, really important skill for a guard to have. Um, yeah, and at six, yeah. five, he's, he's big enough that maybe he can guard some good twos. So I'm with you. I Dejan Giroux, uh, I think is is kind of draftable. I'd take him in the 50s, um, just trying to develop him. But he also he's just so fun to watch because uh, who did they beat in that tournament game where he like went up to the side and was like yelling at his mom through the I can't remember who that oh, was. Which game was that? But I mean, I, the big thing that really cemented it was his passing against the zone. That was the game that really was like this guy. Like, I, you know, you watch him all season and he's great. And then you watch him completely dissect the zone, which is – and it's like nobody else on the roster passes. I think something – like, I, I do love my my defenders with passing instincts. So, that's like – A little my, bit of – were, were you a big Isaac Okoro fan too? Oh, my God. I had a third. <laughs> <laughs> well uh, – well. We we've seen we've found the bias we found the bias. Stone is high IQ. Cooper is Cooper is passing and defense. That's uh, yeah. that's awesome, man. Yeah. All right, Stone, you got anything else you want to get on on the Rockets? Uh, no, I think uh, that's why we had Cooper on, and I think he hit it all. So um, that's probably it for me. Yeah, this has been uh, this has been awesome. It's it's so great to finally get to see you on Zoom and talk to yeah. you and. Uh, you, I mean, he. You have the red. Did you get the red shirt? By the way, did it come? In the it way? has. I just, I wore it to work out, and now I gotta wash it. It's. It is super. It is a super comfortable workout shirt. I was surprised. 
I got like yeah. a, I got like a solid pump in in the French shirt. I was like drenched in sweat in it. And it's like this. This doesn't even feel that bad. I, I, I felt I weird. I was gonna take a picture. I was gonna take a picture, but I felt weird, like in like a crowded Planet Fitness, trying to take a picture. Yeah. Like, guys, <laughs> yeah, not an influencer. Like yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I but, just uh, ordered mine, so I'm waiting for mine to come in. It's 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 they're good quality. Uh, for anyone out yeah. there who doesn't know, we have uh, fr- friends of friends T-shirts. Um, you know, maybe more T-shirts to come. This it's fun. Uh, so. And, and this has been awesome. Uh, Cooper, just tell the people where they can find you, where they can find everything you do. Uh, this has been awesome, man. Yes, you can find me at Twitter at Cooper underscore Rockets. You know, you can check out my Rockets big board. It hasn't been updated in a little bit because I've been writing. You can check out my, my other little articles and stuff. Just want to give a little shout out to the Brain Trust who's been helping me, you know, work out my takes. I'm not great at just thinking. I got to talk things out. So it's, you know, Shout out to them and to everyone who's read my stuff. And I hope you guys will check it out. Yeah. Uh, Cooper writes great stuff. Uh, great Twitter follow. Um, one of the nicest guys out there. Uh, Stone is at report underscore court. I'm at Bryce Hendrick 14. Um, this has been awesome. We want to thank Cooper again. We want to thank everyone for listening. Uh, this has been the Upside Swings Draft Podcast. We hope we hit our ceiling. Thank you. 